So welcome to another episode of the Guide Foundation podcast. Um, I'm your host, Adam Goodman, as always. And I'm here with um, co-founder Jody Gill. How are you doing, Jody? Hey, Adam. Doing great. Awesome. Awesome. And um, we're here with our special guest and, you know, valued member of the Guide Foundation, um, Jennifer Worth. How are you, Jennifer? Hey, I'm doing great. A special guest. I like that title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and... I'm going to put it in my desk, <laughs> my yeah. And speaking of titles, you are our social media director. Uh, and um, so that's really exciting. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. Because yes, we are, this is um, your... F- sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say we, we're growing and um, yeah, we're excited to share all of what Guide's doing and all of your amazing work, Adam. Oh, thank you. Uh, and yeah, so, uh, because you're, you know, a new guest, uh, and, um, let's, uh, you know, uh, just introduce yourself, I guess, you know, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, just introduce yourself to the audience. And if Wait, I so can good. chime in real quick, so because, oh, she can't hear me, can she? <laughs> I was going to chime in, you. Jennifer, and explain that um, you are the social media director and our content is uh, going places because of you and the role. Uh, however, the need for more people uh, to be a part of this team is something that's uh, ongoing and a strong need. So I thought I would throw that out that's for you because um, that's Thank what I've heard. You. Yeah. Shameless plugs. I love it. yeah so i um i'm jennifer worth like you said and um i currently live in windsor colorado it's just uh in northern colorado uh right by the fort collins area we moved here about five years ago i grew up in st paul um i was adopted from korea um in 74 um at about 21 months um, so my story, I was, um, and I actually know a, a little bit of it. Um, I was delivered at a midwife's clinic, um, in Bakwak Dang, uh, inside of Seoul and, um, was relinquished by my birth mother. Uh, she was 23 and she was working as a housemaid and, uh, the, my birth father was apparently 25 and, uh, in the military, I'm not sure which branch or, uh, or where, but um, apparently he cut off communication with her at some point during the pregnancy and uh, she just didn't have the money. So she relinquished me at the Midwest clinic. And then I went into the David Livingstone's um, adoption program, which is now Eastern um, Social Welfare Society. Uh, So anyways, I was adopted when I was 74 and, uh, you know, led a pretty idealistic childhood with my adoption family I had one of those um happy stories so very cool thank you for that um so you were um you were adopted in 1974 not when you were 74 correct I'm old but I'm not that old none of us are that old yeah um and um so I I guess the focus of today is that we want to talk about like travel right because one of the um, parts of the birth family reunion or birth family search is um, oftentimes, or, or I think almost every time, uh, is to travel back to Korea. Uh, 
Uh, and, yes. and Jennifer, have you, have you ever had that opportunity uh, to travel back to uh, Korea? I did. Yeah. I, um, I turned 40 and, um, decided it was time for a time for a trip back to the motherland. And, um, I was actually Mm. supposed to go with a friend of mine and, uh, her husband was uh, flying, he was a airline pilot. And so they could get us pretty cheap tickets and the experience was going to be really superficial because we were just going to stay at a friend of hers house that lived in Seoul and we probably just would have partied a lot. And, um, it wouldn't have been the trip that I actually took. So we talked about going for a long time and I could tell as the months were going along, um, that she, she was getting quieter about it when I bring it up. And Hmm. finally I just decided I needed to, you know, if I was going to go, I was already whipped up to go. So if I was going to go, I needed to just book this trip and, and go on my own. So I reached out to a girlfriend of mine who is also a Korean adoptee and her birth family had actually found her like 10 years prior. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. She had, she has a really amazing story actually. Um, But they found her 10 years prior, her siblings found her and um, they reconnected and they've been close. They've seen each other quite a few times. So as soon as I asked her if she wanted to go with me, she's like, yes, she, she booked her ticket like immediately and then arranged for us to stay with her birth family. Mm. Um, and it, at the time that we decided to go, it would just so happen that her uh, her niece was getting married at the time. So oh, okay, we, um, yeah. So we were going to be able to experience a you know a Korean wedding, and you know, totally different than the original trip I was going to make because I really got like thrust into the Korean culture. Um, so it was really amazing. Um, so we went over um, in October of 2013, and prior to going, I decided, you know what, I probably should, you know, do a little birth uh, birth family search while I'm over there if I can. So, like a couple months beforehand, I reached out to the adoption agency and got my um, American file. They suggested getting the Korean file, and then arranged for me to meet with Eastern. Um, uh, social welfare society while I was there. Um, so the trip was kind of, uh, you know, included going out there and, and, uh, reviewing my Korean file. Uh, so it, it, it was an amazing trip. We, um, we toured, uh, Seoul a little bit. I got to review my file. Um, her family lived about an hour away. I don't remember the cities that they lived. Um, cause we stayed with a couple of her sisters um, but we got to experience the Korean wedding, which in itself was completely different. I mean, it was like a Hollywood hmm. like wedding. Like they're up on platforms, and they had these like amazing photo shoots beforehand that looked like like something. So it was more of a traditional sort of well, not traditional, but more of like a, a modern Korean wedding. Totally, yeah. Right. And I was thinking it was going to be like old school traditional. Um, but you know, that morning they woke us up and like took us to go get our hair done and then they got us hanbok. Um, so we dressed like old school traditional. Um, but then it was like very contemporary, uh, Hollywood-esque kind of wedding. So it was, it was really cool. Um, so the wedding happened and then they were doing like family pictures and then they'd grab me and, you know, pull me in and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not part of the family. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I felt like, you know, like I didn't want to be, you know, 
I didn't want them to feel guilty and put me in these pictures, but they, they dragged me in. And so I was in these uh, amazing family pictures and uh, it, yeah, it was, so it was quite the experience. We, we just enjoyed each other and their family was so gracious. They wouldn't let me pay for anything. Uh, you know, they really treated me like a little sister and um, uh, awesome. it, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so you know, we were out there for about a week and, um, you know, they went through the journey of, uh, going out to Eastern, uh, social welfare society to look at my file. And I was trying to get them into the room, but when they realized that they were like Koreans that spoke Korean, they made up an excuse that there wasn't enough space in the room for them to come in. I think they were just worried oh, about what they might yes. see in my file and could share because oh. they, yeah, they were very secretive about like, they had my birth mother's name and her birthday. She didn't leave an ID number. Um, but they like covered that up, even though I couldn't read Korean, but I think they just didn't want the other family members in the room because they probably would have read it and like told me later. So yeah, it that's, was crazy. Wow, that's so that's so shady. Like that kind of gets me angry that they did that. I know. Like, how did you feel at the time? Like, did were you just sort of like, I want to know this. I know it sucks that like they're doing this, but like, how did you feel at the time? Okay, well, I'll be honest. I was an emotional wreck because the right. meeting mm-hmm. was a little bit delayed, and then um, like the hostess was like, "Do you want to go see the nursery?" And I was like, "Of course, okay. I want to see the nursery." Are you kidding me? Yeah. So they took us to the nursery and I walked in the room and I'm not a crier, but I lost it. Like completely sobbed, like toddler, toddler sob, like couldn't breathe. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like, I don't know, going into the room, I wasn't even thinking of it. But when I was in the room and I saw these bassinets and these sweet little innocent faces that looked like mine. And I kept thinking, you know, I was just thinking, God, that was me one time. Like that mm-hmm. was me. And mm-hmm. here, here I'm saying oh, sure. all these little babies. And um, yeah, so it was just a very, very emotional um, experience. And then uh, like a, uh, a a white couple was there and they had like four uh, Korean adoptees with them. And she saw I was crying and she came over and she's trying to comfort me. And she's like, oh, honey, I did the same thing the first time that I, um, that I visited. I just sobbed and she was very sweet. And um Later on, we saw her as we were leaving after, like, we did the the file review, and she was like, "Are you doing okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing fine." And she's like, "Yeah, that's you know, that's it's a very emotional experience." And I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said something like she thought I was like adopting a child, and I was like, "No, I Mm -hmm. I'm an adoptee. I'm I'm coming back for the first time." And then she just like her eyes just like welled up, and she was just like, "Wow!" and her uh, sweet kids were there and I just looked at them and I said, you know what? Your mom's very special to bring you over here and to, um, to care that much that, you know, she's, she, she wants you to, you know, be, she wants, she's bringing you over to Korea and she wants you to be, have some, you know, some, you know, touches of the country and she wants that for you. So I thought that was really neat that, that she would spend the time to do that. Yeah, I know that's, yeah. yeah. I, so it's interesting. You, yeah, and it, so leading into that meeting, I was super emotional. I was still just kind of gathering my thoughts and trying to, you know, get my emotions um, underway. And so I, I, pr- 
probably would have asked a lot different questions and a lot more questions. And I probably would have tried to be a little bit more sneaky about trying to get information. And I did ask, I, you know, I asked several different times. I'm like, you know, I, I don't have any way of finding her. I just want to know her name. I want to know whatever information you can give me. This is all I have, you know? And she's just like, uh, she was very sympathetic. She understood where I was coming from, but she's just like, the privacy laws won't allow me to share that information. And, you know, um, I was warned that like, they usually won't even let you touch the Korean file. Like they're very protective of it and they won't let you take pictures and they won't let you have copies. Um, but Mm -hmm. I did ask for a copy of the relinquishment letter when I saw it in the file and she, she did copy it for me. She just, um, whited out the, the name. She covered that up. So I do actually have a copy of that. So th- that's probably the closest that I'm going to get to anything related to her unless I find her. Um, but they, they, they did a search and her name was very common. Uh, her last name is Kim. And apparently my birth father's last name is Kim too. Um, but for yeah. the time and age um, that she was her birth name or her name was very common. Like basically like the Jennifer of the, soul in 1973 yeah it's it's interesting because um i wonder because you said you you were 21 months old when you were adopted Uh, yeah Yeah. uh that um so when i went i was able to go to like a government office and give my name and uh you know my like my birthday uh, I was like, I was able to get information and like my parents' names and their ID numbers and everything because I had been like oh, really? registered. Oh, and I wow. wondered maybe You're you were registered. too young to like been officially registered because I would, I would be like, because my first instinct is to be like, well, maybe, maybe you could go to like not the go, don't go to, e, you know, don't go to the agency, right? They're not, right. they're always going to hide stuff. Right. But if you go to like the government, they, you know, they can find you. Um, then they'll give you that information. Like they're not going to hide like the, you know, the names and stuff. So you um, actually went to a governmental building and, yeah. and asked for that information and they just gave it to you. Yeah. Yeah. That wow. I was like, this is my name. And like, uh, yeah, it was, they didn't have a lot to go on, but they're like, yeah, you're the, this is, yeah. You know, your brother, we found him, this is you. Um, and like I had, I think I had like my parents' names. Maybe it's because I had my parents' names. And they were able to like all those points of, of information. They could um, <clears throat> they could triangulate it and be sure that it was me. It wasn't just another, <laughs> you know, yeah. Lee or Kim. Right. But, right. Um, yeah, like I I almost feel like maybe not going to the agencies is is a way if you have some information already. Yeah, I was registered, but I was older. I was like three and a half. Oh, you were, and so like, how long? Like, how? What year were you adopted? Uh, I was adopted in 1984. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think you're yeah. quite a bit younger than me. So, yeah. my, so my adoption file was uh, file number 35. Oh so wow! It, okay. Yeah, it was like one of the very early files. In fact, my file was very, very. It was just very thin. And I, I noticed that and she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. We, you know, we were a lot better at keeping documents and um, uh, documenting everything as, 
you know, as, as we got as an older, right. as the years group, went by. But, yeah. yeah. But early on, you know, she's like, we didn't digitize anything. We, we weren't the best at keeping the records. Um, and so your file is pretty skinny, but it's just because I was such an early, early right. case. So, um, I'm sure mm. I would hope that people that were adopted out, you know, 10 years later, like yourself would have a lot more information. Um, but so, so you have your actual parents' names. Was that in your Korean file or in your U.S. file? Um, I think I got it in my U.S. file. So like they, my, I, you know, maybe it was just a, a time difference, right? Sure. 1984 versus 1974. And I, I was in it from a different agency. Um, I didn't go through Holt or Eastern. Okay. Um, so, uh, maybe they were just better at it. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, and I, I don't mean to be like, why didn't you think of that? Why didn't you, I, I, it was just something that came to mind that maybe, you know, if you had gone to, to the government, it, you, you might've found I, it, but you know, I, 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 didn't I don't know. mean to like, yeah, I just, I really didn't know. And, um, I, you know, I, I, it's not until recently that I've really kind of embraced, uh, Korean adoptees more and like sure. really been taking the time to get to know people and to get to know their stories before that. I, I don't know. I just, it, it's kind of like an awakening over the last couple of years yeah. Before that. I had some Korean adoptee friends, but like they hadn't done the search or like the friend that I went with, um, whose family, uh, found her, her story was very different. Like what happened. And so, um, you know, she, she, I don't even, I'm not even sure that she necessarily did a search prior to them finding her. Um, yeah, that's a yeah. fascinating, yeah, that's fascinating yeah, oh, her too. Her story is a, like, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. We need to get her on because it's, <laughs> oh, it's sure, a yeah. fascinating story. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you went back and, and you had this great experience with your friend and, um, you know, as you wrote in your emails that you're sort of unofficially adopted back. Yeah. Um, have yeah. you had another opportunity to go back to Korea? I haven't. Yeah. So, so this family, you know, we stayed for, with them for a week and we just spent a lot of time that, you know, after the file review day, we went to the area where the midwives clinic was and mm. just kind of looked, I knew that it was no longer there, but um, they were just so sweet. They're like, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to see, like, we'll, tr we'll try our hardest to, to help you find your family and you know um and then you know the the last night i was there they were like jennifer they called me jennifer they said uh you're blood to us now you know your family we want you to call us family and so um so i went back to the u.s and uh i, I was telling a friend about that and he's like you know i know a lot of people that are adopted, but I don't know anybody who's been adopted twice. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, they kind of adopted me back into Korea. So uh, it's confusing because I'll, I'll call them my Korean family, uh, but they're not really blood. And so <laughs> it's a hey, long story know. to try to explain uh, really quickly when I, when I talk about it. But yeah. yeah. Do, do you still talk to them or like email them or? Uh, so I really know. don't. I, I am taking, I'm starting Korean class um, oh, cool. in a couple weeks here. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to, you know, learning some stuff so that I can at least communicate with them a little bit better. I know that my friend, she, I think they do um, like they Skype or whatever every once in a while. And I think they probably do Kako talk. 
Um, but I, I found it super hard to do just because the, um, every time I try to translate it, it would mm. translate mm-hmm. really weird. And some of it would be like, yeah. not so friendly. Like it would be like the opposite of what they were trying to say. And so yeah. then I'd be like, Oh, they don't love me anymore. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, they probably write in a lot of like colloquialisms and things and slang yeah. or like shorthand and that, right. that Google translate just to does not do well. Oh, Google's the no, worst. And translation it. is different yeah. than interpretation, you know, having someone who understands the context yeah, to interpret it yeah. is not a word for word translation. <laughs> they love you, right. I swear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're still writing you, so they wouldn't just You're write right. you to yell at you all the time. Um, yeah. So I you know, we uh, they actually came out to Las Vegas. Or actually they came oh, out to really? my That's awesome. friend. Yeah, and then she lives in California, so she they stayed with her for a little while and then we all met in Las Vegas um, for like a long weekend. And so, uh, you know, my family, my boys and my husband got to meet them and uh, they got to meet them. And so it, it, it was really cool. But that's, you know, really that's cool. been like, I think five years now. Um, so I, yeah, I need to get back and I need to kind of reconnect to them. Uh, they're, they're how old are your kids? So I have a 28 year old and then I have oh, okay. a 15 year old and a 12 year old. Yeah. So they're not really I, kids. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're pretty, <laughs> Two younger. Yeah. I go to one. Well, a 12 year old's a kid, but not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, that, uh, have you, like, do you think that your family would really want to go or do you think it'd be something where it's like mom and dad are going on vacation or do you think you're, your kids would want to go with you. Oh, the kids want to go. Yeah, they love. Nice. You know, it's funny because they're really proud of being yeah. Korean. Um, they you know, are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, much prouder than I was when I was growing up. You know, for me, it was like, oh, this is the thing that sets me apart from the world. I'm Korean mm. and I'm adopted. Um, and when I, I went to a, a, I grew up in St. Paul and it's very Caucasian community. And I went to private Catholic school, so even more so. Um, and you know, there might've been like one other Asian person in the school. They were probably adopted too. Um, cause Minnesota is a, is a huge hub for Korean adoptees. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I, when I got teased, it was the whole, you know, slanted eye thing, but then I would get teased about being adopted on top of it. I remember just like walking hmm. home crying because, you know, what, you, what can you say to a child who's getting tease for being adopted that's so mean kids are so mean yeah did you guys did either of you get teased for being adopted or was it just like the typical racial stuff huh i think it was just typical racial stuff i don't think that people uh that the the children around me at that time really got what adoption was I mean, maybe there yeah. was some snarky comments of like your first parents didn't want you, blah, 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 blah. But it all went under this racism yeah. thing. Yeah, what a terrible thing to say. Yeah, yeah I, I, I imagine I, don't I heard think, that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, maybe I just don't remember it. But yeah, it, it, whatever racism I faced or whatever teasing I got was more, it would be shading more towards racism straight sure. up for being Asian than like the adoption stuff. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't even know why that was like even uh, a discussion. Yeah. I mean, I know it happens. Like I'm sure it, it happens to people, but uh, yeah. I, I, it never didn't happen to me that I remember. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 
Yeah. Just because he's a youngin. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish someone to have that. I'd be like, oh, you didn't have that. You're not really. Um, but uh, yeah, so like, um, I know you said that like you know the first trip that you were planning was sort of going to be more you said surface level because you know yeah. you're probably just going to like party and like right eat and stuff like that i kind of feel like you know all parts of the experience are, are are important so like obviously you had a very emotional part of that going back to the orphanage or the to the to this to the place where you were adopted from and you know that really powerful moment where you go into sort of the nursery and can picture yourself there mm-hmm. yeah um but i also feel like it's really kind of actually kind of important to go and just sort of like live like a your current life but in like seoul uh, or wherever right. you you visit in korea and sort of just experience like everyday life or what it could possibly be like um like right. play the tourist a bit yeah um, absolutely and we you know since the um since Eastern was there, we, we did do, like, we went to Seoul the night before and stayed overnight at a hotel and um, did a little shopping afterwards. Um, so we did a little of that, but but not a ton. But, yeah, I totally see where you're saying. It, it's good to get, like, a lot of different perspectives. And one of the things that we didn't get a chance to do is to, like, go tour some of, like, the historical buildings yeah. and some um, of that. I'd love to do that trip yeah it's super like there's so much to do yeah um, yeah um, sure. and i was only there a week um you know yeah. next time i'd probably want to do 10 days just because of the travel time and, and right. all that um it just you just can't fit it all in um no but yeah no you know i've um, heard of some of these tours uh that just kind of take you here and there and everywhere that would probably be like my situation was pretty unique and I would not have changed that for the world. But like, if I was, if I didn't have that, I would probably do one of the tours just so I could get like just a, a glimpse of a little bit of everything, you know, mm. mm-hmm. it's so hard to know where to go and it's just also overwhelming. So I oh, yeah. yeah, having yeah. someone that knows the area and knows you know, the historical places to go, but also knows the cool shopping and all of that, I think would just be kind of ideal, at least for me. I'm, I'm a planner. And so I appreciate um, kind of knowing where I'm going and, and what to do. And yeah, 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 yeah. Jennifer, could you do this trip by yourself if no one was with you? Oh my gosh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Okay. So if I had to, yes, absolutely. I could, huh. but it just, it, I think I, I, I just think it would have been a lot harder just because again, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, you know, Adam here, I'm talking to you, you know, however, seven years later and you, you bring up a great tip that, you know, had I known seven years ago, I totally would have done that. I would have fit that into that trip going out to a government building, even if they didn't. Lesson yeah, learned, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just another tip. Good yeah, education. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, could I have done the trip? Yes, I could have, but it, it would have been a totally different experience. And yeah, for sure. I probably would have been like, I wouldn't have been um, 
super keen on venturing out like on my Mm -hmm. own without Mm -hmm. speaking the language and like having someone with me at least to make sure I'm not like going the opposite direction that I'm (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the reason why. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, that's the reason why I want, I wanted to talk about Korea for this particular podcast is because the more and more uh, Korean adoptees that I get to know, it's like they want to go back to Korea, but there's this fear in them of how do I even go about it? And uh, that's where me, um, you know, starting in 2015, I have been there about 18 times. Most of the time on my own, there are people who help me here and there, but there's just so many things that you learn by making yourself do stuff, you know, by putting yourself Mm -hmm. in a country and like you just figure it out and you make a ton of mistakes while you're doing it. But what that has done for me is I feel, you know, a responsible responsibility for Korean adoptees who say, you know, I'd really like to go back. And um, there's something in me that's like, let's go, let me help you. Let's look at the cultural buildings, yeah. the modern day buildings, the best places mm-hmm. to shop, the best food. Let me show you, you know, real Korea. If you want to stay in a host family, you can do that because there, uh, there's quite a few out there that see it as an educational component to host uh, Americans and to have an American adoptee, like Korean adoptee, makes it even more so, more special. Uh, so there's something there that I think brings healing. Um, the first trip Definitely. is an emotional crazy, you know, from what I've heard from. It can, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it and, can, yeah. yeah. Sure. And people have told me like the tours are really great for the first trip. But then as you decide to go back, maybe something that's um, uh, just a little more uh, uh, um, simple or uh, more directed to mm-hmm. what you want to do is uh, more rewarding. So I say this, yeah, I say all this, like, just like what Adam said, hey, I went and visited the government office. That's a, that's such a cool thing. You, you didn't know that. Um, And, and I also want to bring up the handbook because uh, there's a portion uh, of the handbook for birth family reunions that talks about details. There are um, approximately 43 pages, um, 44 pages on, uh, going to Korea. So you could potentially go on your own for the first time um, by having this guide that we placed together that's coming out in October. So I I have questions for you guys. Like, what do you wish you would have known? Oh, gosh. Um, So, Adam, when you went back, was that an emotional trip for you as, as as a male? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was emotional. Um, yeah. Like, did uh, you, did you feel a connection with the country? Uh, that's a tricky question because, um, I want to say yes. Uh And I definitely do feel a connection with the country, but, uh, there's also a removal, right? Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, and I'll never truly be unless I, I like, dedicated my life and just lived in Korea. And even then, probably not. Right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never truly be culturally mm-hmm. Korean. Right. 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 So, I do feel a connection because that's where we were, I was born. We were mm-hmm. all born. 
Mm-hmm. And um, where, you know, I was a little older when I was adopted. So I was, you know, three and a half. So I, I had some lived experience there. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I also always feel sort of a, a, of a removal um, from it. Um, yeah, but, I, to- I totally yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't even have to say too many words and just... Like the first three words you said, I was like, yep. I know, I know, right? And that's one of the great things about (laughs) talking to adoptees. We all sort of like uh, understand these things. We understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. And Jody, just to answer your question about like, I think you asked, um, what was was your question again? What do you wish you would have known before you went Uh, to Korea for the first time? Um... What do I wish I would have known? Um, uh, I guess, I guess I'll flip it around and say that. Um, I guess I, I I would I would I would um, go in with no expectations. So I would mm-hmm. try to drop any expectations I have for what the trip is going to be. Yeah, um, that's good advice. So instead of like it, you know what. I guess that's that's what I would do. Like I I don't have like a tip of like you must go here, you must see this, right. you must try to do X, Y, or Z. Um, more try to try to let it come to you, mm-hmm. uh, and um, because I, I feel like um, you know if you go in with too many expectations and then they're not met, then that's that can sour the the trip. Uh, yeah. And you know if that happens, that happens. I'm not. I'm not trying to judge people because it, mm-hmm. it certainly happened to me in parts. But um, I, I think trying to go without an expectation of what's going to happen uh, uh, will leave you more open. If that makes sense. In the lens yeah. of a relationship with your birth family, or the search for your birth family, or it could be that. Culturally. It could be that if that's something that you're you're going to do, or more mm-hmm. just like if you let's like when I went, I I knew I didn't have any goal of meeting my birth family. It was mm-hmm. just I wanted to be there and to experience Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely still probably I definitely had expectations of like yeah I'm going to go here and I'm going to 100 percent feel like at ease or like I'm going to suddenly feel like uh you know uh, like it it. Like I'm gonna feel like su- comfortable right away. Uh, oh and, man, that's a lot of pressure for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> if you pu- I put a lot of pressure on myself that like su- like suddenly every everything's gonna you know it's gonna be su- such a huge thing or, or a lot of questions will be answered. And um, I think if I had to go tell myself something, you know, give myself advice, it would be to try to t- try not to go in with so many expectations. This is hard though, and mm-hmm. and it's something that maybe not every. Maybe everyone has to make that mistake. I, I don't know. But that's just something, that's just an advice I would give myself <laughs> if, I, yeah, if that, I could tell that, myself. That's good that's advice. Good. And, you know, actually, now that I think of it, my uh, my sister, my Korean sister, or my friend, uh, she actually did give me similar advice, you know, just, just to keep your mind open, you know, don't go in with too many expectations and, yeah. you know, just... Um, and to soak it all in, like yeah. make a mm-hmm. point to like remember it, you know, because it's it, it was your first time back is really just kind of you can't do that again. It's just a very I don't know for me it was very emotional, and you know, like I said, I'm I'm not a 
I always tease Jody. I'm like the Grinch with like the, <laughs> the heart that's ten times smaller. No, really? <laughs> uh, no, that's probably not right. But I, I, I joke about it because I'm not a crier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it was very emotional trip. Um, and like yeah. even I know that Koreans are very proud and they don't like public displays um, of crying like that. And I remember. Um, they were dropping us off at the airport and again, like at the nursery, I lost it. Like I completely mm. lost it. Um, and they, and it's so cute. Cause one of the, um, the brother's wives, she was just the sweetest thing. And she would just embrace me when I'd cry and she'd just cry with me. She was just very, oh, wow. very kind. Yeah. And so we're, we're both crying and I, you know, <laughs> I got on the plane and I'm like, you know, trying to, trying to think of anything that I could to stop from sobbing, but I'm like in this plane in my seat, um, you know, surrounded by mm. a ton of people crying, just like trying to get myself under control. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was just hard it, because it, I totally agree with you. It was like, I felt the connection with the country, but yet I felt the disconnect. Yes. Same time. More so from the people. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's very hard to explain, but it's just kind of like, I feel like I belong, but I, I don't feel like I belong. Like, you know, mm-hmm. once again, where do I belong? And then mm-hmm. I got home to, you know, my amazing supportive husband and my sweet boys and it probably took me a good two weeks to feel like myself again. I, I felt uh, a little lost, like, just like, gosh, you know, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. where do I belong? Like, I just feel so off. Um, and that's, that's perfectly normal and natural. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? totally. totally. Like, like, it's an indicator that like you're alive <laughs> and you're not the Grinch, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're a functioning human being with emotions, <laughs> and yeah. you know what I mean. And, you, and, and uh, like, uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jody. I was going to say, do either of you feel any sense of healing from uh, the experience? Hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I think mine was just unique because this family, you know, became my extended family. Um, so for me, it was like, well, like, you know, I didn't find my birth family, but I, I found this other family and, you know, they love me like I'm family. So I, I felt, you know, some sense of, um, not completion, but I don't know, something. I felt something. Yeah. I Wanted. Belonging. It. Some sense of belonging, yeah, even if it wasn't yeah. a real yeah. family That's with something. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Right. And, you know, it's not, like I said, my, you know, my adopted family, um, they are amazing. And they, I joke around that my dad probably believes I'm so much that his daughter, that he thinks that I came from his womb. And now clearly he doesn't have a womb. But that's like, that's my dad. Like, I'm his daughter. Like, he, you know, they, that's how they treat me. Of course, um, yeah. So it's, it's not like I felt like I wasn't wanted or whatever, but it's different when a Korean family wants you. And I, you know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's been my yeah. experience too, is uh, finding a network of those who understand. And to be honest, like the groups that I've been in, they've been fully embraceive of the Korean adoptee. 
visiting Korea. Uh, the elderly will go, you know, I brought my mom there in 2019 and they went right up to my mother and thanked her and they honored her and they put her on the platform and had her share a story. And um, they, they rolled out the red carpet for her every day. They had another event or a big, beautiful dinner for her. So there's something there in the Aww. elder generation that um, knows that our country didn't do such a good job with this whole adoption service thing. Um, and, and, yeah. Yeah. and they know that. So it's, it's a, another dance that we walk when we go over there, meet new people, explain that we are adopted um, because they're going to wonder why you can't speak their language. And then you, you watch them walk right. through their behavior of pity and shame and excitement. And then they walk through their own uh, bit of emotion and you feel like you got to kind of take care of them and <laughs> lighten up the mood or, <laughs> you know, give them some kind of, um, I don't know, assurance. Like it's, it's, I'm, okay i'm okay uh, yeah. my american life is yeah. great uh, i'm not a you know right so there's that interesting walk uh for all of us and i think for us to keep sharing about it is going to pique other people's interest to go and to have that experience to be healed and that's you know that's my my hope is eventually one day because in my industry, I've already taken several groups of um, students over there and administrators over mm -hmm. there and, you know, several American uh, groups ranging from like eight to 20. And my hope is like, could we get a Korean adoptee group together and take them to Korea? And we know what each other are feeling. Everyone could do their own thing during the day. But as in the evening time, we could mm -hmm. get back together and be like, yeah, this was a hard day. I found myself breaking down here mm -hmm. or there. And I think yeah. that would be like this crazy trust and crazy connection that we could not experience, you know, if we tried to plan it out ourselves. Yeah. And, and how therapeutic that would be for everybody, really. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If we can do that, I am all in. Like, I want a piece of that because... It's, I just think that would be amazing to be able to give that experience or share that experience with another adoptee and have them go home and feel, you know, a little bit better or feel a little bit connected or feel um, a little bit more whole because they've had this experience or, you know, or however they're feeling. But I just think that would be really amazing to, to be able to do that as a group and, and, and give other people that experience. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. because we, we do these kinds of things as administrators. You know, we bring over people from all over the USA. We'll put them into a tour. And at nighttime, what do they do? They talk about the differences in each other's programs and they're able to feed off each other, build this kind of energy and redirect or re become refreshed. And that's that to me is like gold. So that is definitely my post COVID goal is to uh, start out with a smaller group, maybe six to six to eight Korean cats, bring them over there. Or not Korean cats, just cats. Mm -hmm. Bring them over there and, and, and see how it goes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Jennifer, you'll be first on my list. Sweet. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm yeah, always up not... to go to Korea. So. Okay, Adam. You're uh, we have three of us. <laughs> That's right. We just, three, three more, guys. We just need three more. It's our pilot run. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I um, yeah. I, I was talking to another uh, CAD this weekend and we were talking about 
how it's almost like cads have their own nationality. Like we're not quite Korean. We're not quite American. And to understand us, you kind of have to be a Korean. Like it's almost like we speak our own language. Like we, we get it. You don't have to say too much without me understanding how you're feeling, you know? So it's almost Mm -hmm. like, you know, like the Hmong, they're Mm -hmm. indigenous and came from the mountains. It's almost like we're our own nationality, our own people. Um, So I I just, I don't know. I'm loving being part of the Korean uh, adoptee community and and getting to know more people. And um, it's kind of painful because there, there's been a, there's a lot of, a lot of pain um, out there amongst us, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's also feels good to be able to, um, I don't know, talk to them and try to get to know them and, I don't know, try to be there for them. Yeah, I think it's important well, we yeah, keep sharing yeah. our story, right? Keep sharing our story, they'll share their right. story, and there's healing in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of solidarity is not only sticking around when it's easy. Right. right? And, yeah. um, you know, I, I love the idea of of of, of guide or, or um, you know, uh, organizing trips or working with other organizations because i know that there are a lot of other korean uh cad organizations that do trips like this Mm -hmm. um so maybe coordinating with them to even make it bigger right like just make it bigger and better right uh and um so yeah i think that's a great goal and it certainly fits in line with you know the idea of building community and helping to heal um and the you know the birth search and family reunion uh guidebook and everything uh that guide is doing uh so i think it definitely fits in our mission for sure yeah yeah uh, absolutely and, um, yeah i believe in and, collaboration uh, too adam like there are like you said there are groups who are already yeah, doing that. it yeah. and yeah for sure yeah. like like uh tours your first time over take a tour you don't have to think uh, my my experience right. Maybe it wouldn't even be under guide. I'm not sure. We're, we're, I'm trying to piece it out um, how it would work, but it might be for someone who is uh, who would like to go for the second or third time after they've been exposed sure. to those yeah, first yeah. first beginnings mm-hmm. in Korea. Um, so I have a, I have a mm-hmm. question for you guys that's um, changing the subject a little bit, and uh, that's related to the foods that you experience in Korea. Oh yeah, I want to hear okay. about that. <laughs> Jen, why don't you go first? Okay, so I'll go first. So I decided that I was going to try everything that was presented to me. and That is awesome. <laughs> that, that, so that is really, like, really cool. I love that. I'm telling you, it, it was a little scary because there was plenty of stuff that I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> chicken legs, yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Chicken feet, chicken feet. Um, but I, did, I, I will say I tried everything until we got to this. It was like this big pot of noodles and seafood. And there was this little snail. Okay. <laughs> one of the sisters put in my bowl. And the snail looked like a snail. Like, it looked like it was looking at me. I just, I couldn't do the snail. <laughs> okay. I did, the right. chicken, I did the chicken feet, and I did, like, a bunch of other weird stuff, but I could not, I just could not do the snail. I don't know why. I just, I just couldn't. <laughs> okay. That's but, all yeah, right. I tried everything else. I tried everything else, and most of it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Hey, you know, you don't have to like it. You just tried it. 
Yeah, so, that's right. You know, yeah. What about you, Adam? Um, I'm not that picky of, yet, uh, of an eater. Um, I, I certainly have foods I like and prefer, mm-hmm. but um, as I've gotten older, um, I, th- I think my palate has just expanded. And I don't know whether it's because I've just consciously made a choice or I don't know where it comes from. I, I just like trying a lot of stuff normally, just even yeah. in America. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in Korea, I, I had the, I've had, I've had the fortune of sort of knowing or being able to hang around a lot of um, native Koreans and, um, you know, having the, having them sort of introduce me to a lot of things. And uh, yeah, so like, I, I just love it all. And, and I'm a big, I'm a big um, seafood person anyway. And the yeah. seafood in Korea <laughs> is like next level. So I'm yeah. a, I love that stuff. Okay, so um, Adam, but, you tried you tried yeah. tons of different Korean foods, right? So I have, yes. Okay, I'm going to go down my list of unusual Korean foods, and you just let me know if okay. you tried it or not. Okay, so <laughs> let's do it. I'll use okay. the English version. So the first one is spicy chicken feet. Okay. Yes or no? Yeah, uh, tried that. <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, I feel like those were a lot of work. They were a lot of work for very little. Uh, I've had chicken feet, but I don't think I've had the the spicy ch- uh, Korean kind. Okay, next one is bundegi, yeah. which is roasted silkworm larvae. Yes, I've had that. Ooh, did you like it? Are those what? Are those a side? I... Say that again, Jennifer. Are, is is that like bamchan, or is that a side, or is that like a like a main meal? It's like a little bug. It's a snack. Yeah, but oh, it's like a snack. Oh, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. No, I don't think. Yeah, I would. yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, it's not my favorite, but I'll eat it. You'll eat it. Oh my gosh, I haven't eaten that one, but I definitely seen it in the markets. I've tried some crazy oh, stuff. Okay. Yeah, he's tried it. I haven't tried it yet, but I've watched it and I'm still eyeing it. I've, <laughs> tried, I've tried other things. It really depends on the crowd I'm with as to whether or not you, I will you, eat sometimes it. Sometimes you just need to. Yeah, you, sometimes you just need to have it in a form where it doesn't look like the thing. Yeah. So like, I think, Jennifer, you'd probably really like snails. Yeah, you just don't right. need to know it's a snail. Yeah, yeah, like, just, I'll just, you know, just give it to it you and be like, eat it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I can eat mussel. I can eat oysters. That's exactly. no problem. But this thing like looked like it was like just, you know, like crawled <laughs> into my bowl and it was looking at me like, how dare you? <laughs> okay, how I hear about, you. I hear you. How about bean paste soup? Oh, Have course, you had yeah. that? Okay, good. Yeah. That one's easy mm-hmm. enough. It's uh, good. Yeah. Yep. Um, how about live spoon worms? You might not live know that one. Worms? It's it's a fish. A live spoon worms. I've never heard of it, so I probably yeah. haven't had it. Probably haven't had that. Okay, how about okay? Yeah. How about raw octopus tentacles? Sanachi. Yes, I've had that. Do you like it? Actually, oh. there's a there's a there's a restaurant across the street from where I live that serves that. Nice. Yeah. So raw. I, I don't love it, but I've okay. Had it. So I've been pressured to eat it. it yeah. So what they do? It's not really alive. They cut the tentacles off and then they place this yeah. like vinegar on it, and it makes oh, the tentacles alive. Well, yeah, it makes yeah. it move, but I mean, I mean, it's cut from the source of nutrients, you know, so. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, well, but it's it's technically alive though. It's it's so it's fresh enough that like they cut it off and it's still living. I okay, was so, um, so you just you pick it up and you just bite into it, or they yeah, you cut just it up or what? Chop into yeah. It, yeah. And it moves in your mouth, and the tentacles like suck yeah. the insides of your cheeks. They try to like yeah. 
Don't oh, me. <laughs> Ooh, I am so glad that was not presented to me when I went. Well, hey, you're first on my list to, to go back to Korea with me now, so we That's know right. what that, first, have to that first yeah, meal is going to be. We have to try it together. We have to try it. We will <laughs> abandon you in the market if you don't try it. Yeah, I better. I better oh, yeah. Yeah, Adam and I will yeah. run. Well, I, mean, I know I like grilled. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll run away. I, that sounds really cruel on a podcast with adoptees. I just realized. <laughs> um, we'll come back for you. I'll, I'll edit. It's a, it's a good thing that I edit this podcast and I can make myself look better. Uh, no, yeah, that's right. We can't abandon anybody. Adam, why no. would we say that? No. I know. I, I, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, last food, and we, that we, we'll, is... We'll hide, okay. We'll just hide. Yes, that's a great idea. Yeah, we'll just hide. Um, that doesn't okay. make you better. Anyway, okay, next thing. <laughs> we just can't make her cry. We know how she feels about that. No. Okay, okay. Oh last, food, last food is um, okay. sundae, which is the blood sausage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You like it. Okay. Oh, I don't think I tried oh, I that. It. Yeah. It's, I worked in a I worked in an office. Oh yeah, so well yeah. Sorry, do you want to explain what it is, Jody? I was just gonna explain. It sounds um, a little grotesque from the Western mind, but it tastes pretty good. It's a oh really? Yeah. It's a cow intestine. Is it really bloody? No, it's it's yeah. a, it's a cow it intestine no? filled with rice and veggies and noodles, and it does have that blood color. But it doesn't taste. Yeah, it's nice. a little blood. It's not like a lot. It's not yeah. like dripping blood out of it. It's not dripping. No, oh, um, you try that. No, it's not dripping blood. But yeah, it's, it's the, the it's a sausage, and it has yeah, as, as you as Jody said, it has it's the um, pig intestine, I guess, or it's a, it's you know you can see the casing, right? It's not like some yes. of the Italian or other sausages where it's sort of like not you can't really see. And then right. yeah, it's it's rice. It's like they have like the rice noodles. Yes, right. So it's, it, and then and those are soaked. Those soaked up like the blood. So that's like this. It's like a sausage in that sense. Oh, um, yeah. It's so actually really good. That. It tastes really good, actually. It's actually even, really good. even though, like, if yeah, Western for, because we're you know Western society, it would be like, oh, yeah. but it's tasty. Is is it in a sauce? Is it spicy or is it just a little? Well, it's not spicy. Um, okay. You can eat it plain. You can just eat okay. it. Um, usually, the, you know, they, they heat it up. So it's it's hot. It's warm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or they have it in like soup. You can get it in like a soup. Oh, yeah. I would try that. Oh, cool. Nice. Okay. You can yeah. hang out with you us. Know I'm going to try the, I'm gonna try the <laughs> snail the next time I go to. Oh, nice. We, we won't <laughs> ditch you then. Do it. <laughs> I'm growing. Yes, it's no, so the food great. is like, the food is so great. I mean, I just um, have, so did you did you were you able to go to like one of the fish markets, like the open, like just like the open air fish markets? Yeah, like we we went to, I think we went to one. Okay, um, just kind of shopping. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like they had all the like the little you could get food, or they had like stuff mm-hmm. that you could buy to bring home and cook and. Um, yeah, so we did, we did that. I don't think we really like necessarily stood by like the fish market or anything. Are they like separate than the other food or are they like right in like the, like the outdoor markets? What I'm talking about, well, they they have like the Mm -hmm. fish markets in the supermarkets like we see here. Okay. Um, but no, I'm talking about like just, it's just the fish market. It's just seafood. Oh, And it's like outside and it's just the. Fishermen have come in, and this is what they caught. Oh, 
and they oh, have no. like a tank set up and so they're just fresh. selling what they caught that day. I mean, oh, it, it exists cool. in the United States, probably not in Minnesota, St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but in like New York City, right, or in California and LA, I think, or in San Francisco is more on the Bay. Right. But right. in like the city, they even like some, they'll have that kind of stuff. Like I think, so like, uh, or like in Boston, like some certain, like certain city, like New Orleans has it a lot more. Um, there are still some cities in, in the United States that have like these fish markets where like, but I think for most people, um, there, no one goes there to shop, right? In America. Yeah. Like, you go to yeah. the supermarket to get your seafood and, or like maybe the restaurant that you go to that says they're like, you know, market to table. They right. go there. Right. But um, in Korea, you can just go. I mean, I, I don't think most people go and do it, but it's something that I would recommend. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, that makes sense. It came yeah. right out of the water. I mean, how, you know, how much more fresh can you get? Yeah. Uh, and and, and you, you buy the food. Yeah. I mean, you buy the food there, you buy the fish or whatever. And then there um, are restaurants that just are around it that are like right next to it. And Oftentimes, you can just tell like the fisherman or whatever, like I'm, you know, I want to eat at this restaurant, and then you don't, you just pay for it, and then you go to the restaurant, and they'll have already gotten like the order, and then they just cook it for you. Oh my goodness! So it's like it's it's amazing. That I was going to say their focus, yeah, <laughs> so yummy, yeah. Well, the focus on freshness in Korea is just it's over the top. Um, what we experience yeah. here for seafood. It's a, it's a couple days old. You can tell. Um, very few yeah, have that. Part, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very few restaurants have that fresh, fresh taste. But in Korea, like you can just go to this, this simple place and have this fresh seafood for like less than, you know, five bucks. Whereas you take that same yeah. kind of concept into uh, at least the Portland area and they're going to charge you like 20, 30 bucks for the fish. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think food is one of those um, easy entrees uh, for um, returning uh, oh, cats uh, yeah. to, to experience Korean culture. Yeah. Um, for and, sure. You know, you know, it's amazing. And, it, and it's certainly something that I think every cat should do. Um, but we were, we also talked about like going to the um, like historical places. And even though I think like, like my, um, so my Korean friends find that like corny. They're like, no one goes to those places. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, I didn't grow up there. Like I'm right. not like, whatever. Like I want to, I want to see this. I know right. it's like touristy. I know it's like what tourists do, but mm-hmm. totally. I'm sort of a tourist. So exactly. um, you have yeah. to mix it up a bit. I mean, you don't want to go to yeah. a historical place every single day that you're there, but to have one day well, where you do not. focus on, you know, museums or palaces or the, the Hanak village or the cultural centers. It's, it's amazing. It mm-hmm. means a lot, you know, but then mix it up with, yes. Hey, go visit the, um, the modern day, uh, Lotte tower or Lotte world, mm-hmm. or there's a place called ever, Everland, that's pretty amazing too. Or go to Dong De Moon and do some nighttime shopping, Coex Center. There's such right. modern things that you can do. Uh, you will never run out of oh, things yeah. to do there. No, yeah, never. Absolutely. <laughs> so I maybe we need like we need to plan three trips, like minimum. Oh, just minimum. To get all this, yeah, just to get it all in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's decided. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, last thing. Fact, last, let's go now. Yeah, let's just yeah. go, guys. The tickets are yeah. re- uh, pretty cheap right now. <laughs> uh, what I, I surprised you guys? 
they, if we didn't have to pay for the quarantine, a thousand dollar for fourteen day quarantine, uh, the tickets are right around eight hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. We could all just go. That's really wow. cheap. It That's is. Really it's cheap. a good price. It's a good price. Uh, what surprised you guys? Yeah. If you had to think about your trips back to Korea, what was the one thing that just really surprised you? That's a hard um, question. Yeah. Uh, my first time back, um, what surprised me was how many like Koreans uh, knew or were aware of like what adoption was like internationally. And mm-hmm. I guess it was something I shouldn't have been like surprised by, but I was surprised that like they... I, I didn't need to explain it more than being like, yeah, I was adopted. And they sort of had, as you mentioned, I think Jody earlier that they go through their own emotions and their own journey of like when they learn that. Um, yeah. Or I think maybe that was you, Jen. Like, no, I think it was you actually. Yeah. Cause that was a, that was like a really good point. And that does happen. It's, they go through this series of emotion, like, oh, I'm sorry, and oh, I'm ashamed, and oh, you know, like, you can just see it in their face, like, really mm-hmm. quickly, all these glimpses of emotion, yeah. like, yeah, when, yeah. you know, and, and it's pretty obvious, like, once you start talking, when you, you don't have an accent, and you're not right. speaking a language, like, right. oh, yeah, you're, you're adopted, definitely adopted. Right. But I was, <laughs> but I was surprised, I guess, I, yeah. it just surprised me that they were so, they were so aware of it. Uh, and I know it's probably sounds like weird that I'd be surprised by that, but uh, mm-hmm. that's what surprised me. One one of the things that surprised me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a good that's one. Good. I don't know if I can beat that one. <laughs> I yeah, that yeah that 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 series of emotion like that you could see in their face. I guess you know we'll bring that up again. But yeah, that that was a little surprising to me. Was it surprising? You, you wouldn't expect you, you wouldn't expect people to. Uh, I don't know. I think I think as a cat, you feel like you're kind of on your own island a lot. Yes. And so for so true. Um, other people to to um, have a different emotion, but have one when you say you're adopted, right. um, just seemed unique because you don't get that necessarily from americans you know when oh you're adopted and then they you know start okay, talking cool. about themselves or whatever, yes, exactly you know? right right um but like the koreans when you're over there yeah they do go through that series of emotions like oh yeah, so, yeah they're like oh honey yeah, let's go buy you a Yes, yes. <laughs> right? Do they try to totally. offer you a meal? Like, oh, honey, they put their arm around you. They walk yeah. you like, let's go get you food. <laughs> because there's that, yeah. oh, the, there's that idea that back in the, the, you know, especially the 60s and the 70s, um, just having your baby reach that 100-day mark is a huge deal for them because starvation right. was, um, was at their, you know, was at their doorstep. People dying all the time was yeah. at their doorstep. So there's this belief, and they still carry this to the, their dining room tables. That guest does not leave with an empty stomach. So they will like oh my yeah. gosh, yes. take you under, and then they just feed you and feed you and feed you, and you're like, seriously, I'm full. Pabla, Pabla. They're like, no, no, have more, have more. And it's like, okay, don't empty this plate. Just keep the plate full of food, so they won't give you any more. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. It's all related to. I mean, that that's what you experience inside, like a host family home, or uh, people who that have the opportunity to spend um, more time with you and treat you like a guest of their family. Uh, they do um, see that uh, just initiative to make sure you get food. <laughs> it's like, no, we were starving when we were babies. Yeah. We're totally fine now. <laughs> Right. That's right. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the our our family would do that. They they're always like, "Mini moko, mini moko, eat more, eat more." And I'm like, "I'm full." And then they'd say to my uh, Korean sister, uh, they'd be like, "Oh, she's not eating enough. She's too skinny. She needs to eat more." And I'm like, "I'm full. Uh-huh. I'm fine." Yeah, that's so funny. That's funny. They have that history. Yeah. yeah, the word is pebola. You have to explain like pebola and rub your belly. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they'll stop. Then they'll right stop. <laughs> then they'll stop. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> pebola. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I think I told you this, Jody. So, you know, when you're you're staying with this Korean family and obviously there's a language barrier and um my Korean sister Noelle, she she can she can speak a little Korean, and so she, you know we did a lot of hand gestures, like you know trying to trying to communicate with them, and then then we'd start talking to each other, and we're still doing these like big <laughs> hand gestures, and then I'm like, why are we doing this? We both speak English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some twitchy but, things know, that go on. <laughs> The unique thing about going over to Korea with another adoptee, which I didn't appreciate at the time, is that she was very emotionally in tune with me. Like she, every night she'd be like, how are you feeling? Like what, hmm. what did you think about today? Or what, you know, what, what did you feel when this happened? Or, you know, she was just so in tune with how I was feeling because, she, you know, even though she's, reconnected with her family she's she's still a korean adoptee so she knew the core you know how i was feeling so you know this tour that we're we're talking about i mean how better to do it than to be able to help other people through that um that journey and the emotional journey and just making sure you know that they're you know digesting their thoughts and able to communicate it because you know other people just don't know Right. Yeah, I see. I see value in that. And it's so good that you had someone like that with you. I went with I went on my own uh, as an extension from uh, a business trip in, in China. And I and, and then I met people who could help me and guide me, but actually liked having that position to not have to care about somebody else's, you know, emotional state as they travel. Because uh, any traveling is difficult, but especially international travel, like I didn't want to feel responsible for, did you get enough sleep last night? Did you know where their emotional state was? Do, yeah. do you like this food? Where do you want to go? It's like, it's, it's just, it yeah. takes away, it takes away from you and your experience. And it sounds a little bit selfish, yeah. but I think in this, in this space, we have a right to be a hundred percent selfish. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, totally. And I, and I, you know what? I never, I would want, I, n- I would not want to do that as a first trip, especially um, but as a subsequent trip, you know, that I'm now, you know, I would, I would enjoy doing that, like being there for somebody else. But yeah, like at, as a first trip, that would have been, uh, yeah, that would just been too much to take on other people's 
pain and like trying to digest it all together. As it was, I, I like blogged about it the whole trip and I just, I needed to get all of my raw feelings out. Like I, mm-hmm. like people were like, Oh my gosh, when I went over there, I just was experiencing everything and I didn't have time to blog. And, and, and I'm like, oh, okay, well that, that's good on you. But man, I had to just like unload. Otherwise it would just, it just sat with me. Like I just needed to get it like out of me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And everybody has their way. Um, there's this, we were just in a, a podcast earlier. We were talking about that, like adoptee wound and how we all respond to it or soul wound is what they call it. And, uh, how we all respond to it is just differently where, you know, yours might come out in a blog and other people are like, I can't even do that yet mm-hmm. until I go home. And, you know, again, it's like, it, it, yeah. It, and this, in this space, I, I just, it's just like everyone has, um, you know, that, that permission to be a hundred percent selfish. <laughs> To be in tune with you. Totally. So maybe it's not selfish. Yes. Maybe selfish is not even the right word. But to be self-aware. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Jinx. Um, Adam, any final yeah, thoughts? So, uh, um, yeah, I was just going to say that um, I think this has been a really fun podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, travel is one of those just... Um, you know, really important and interesting topics. And uh, I hope that um, we can continue to talk about this and, and it'll be, it's a big part of like guides, I think future plans and mission. Uh, and um, I've really had a great time talking to both you, Jody, and uh, you, Jennifer. Yeah, awesome. I did too. And we'll have to do a follow-up after our first trip. And then we oh, can yeah, talk about sure. all the foods that we ate and uh the experiences and uh the people that we went with and, and all that good stuff so we'll, we'll do a follow-up yes and i want to give a plug awesome. to the the handbook for birth family reunions a book that we uh have sent to the editor and should be completed in october we're very excited about Sweet. it and it will be free for korean adoptees who are planning to visit their birth families uh, for everybody else it will be um there will be a little cost to it and we ask for your support and your likes and uh, all that good stuff yay i can't yay. wait to read it i think it's I- yeah i'm really excited um i think it's yeah i'm excited so um yeah thank you jody uh thank you jennifer and um thank you it's a good one all right i appreciate it bye-bye